this week on three sides of the coin, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely different. So we do the uh, one word to each Kiss album, plus I entertain you with my epic fail, and I'm so glad that I can contribute to everyone's ha-ha moment for the week. So there you go. And we also see a little bit of Mark's ceiling light <laughs> fixture. But we love him. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Want to get your official Three Sides of the Coin logo and shocker tee? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com. for Lisa to pay attention before we start the show. There we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Three sides of the coin. Lisa keeps muting herself. Why? That's because there's stuff going on over here on the corner. Don't worry about it. Are there kids making a lot of noise? Yeah. Yeah? Go bring your your mom a beer. Yeah. Get your mom a beer. He just saw the video of the fall. Uh, your your mom is uh, graceful as an ox, right? Uh, yeah, so graceful. It's <laughs> a um, party. All right, put the, the cat down. Put the cat down. It's a party. I can crawl. Um, so, so, so what we're talking about, maybe, maybe if we get permission, we can include that video clip in this week's episode. Oh, please do. What are you falling? Yeah. yeah. You gotta pay the uh, photographer. Uh, that's gonna <laughs> ring ring doorbell. That's who took it, not I, you. I own the ring doorbell. I own the camera. I bought it for I bought it for you for Christmas. Yeah, so it's mine. You Whatever. It for me. Carry on, Michael. You it, make it, 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 it was Lisa's ass that hit the ground. So. <laughs> that's true. I think we need to. I think you need to post that. Seriously. Yes. So so, here you can watch it right now. This is Lisa falling and her ring doorbell catches her i mean this is what we love about lisa it's a thing of beauty this add add this into one of the upcoming three sides of the coin awards of the greatest lisa moment on three sides that's actually good it could be the hummingbird me falling off the chair yeah that was a classic the ring doorbell the ring doorbell yeah sing and read my body and i know there's been some we forgot there's more yes. than just those. Oh, there's, yes. a, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yes, we can always count on Lisa. Um, anyway, welcome three sides of the coin. You got Mike, Tommy, and Lisa. Mark, he's he's been relegated down to the bottom again. Too busy. Too busy to join us to talk about KISS, to to entertain you. So the three of us are gonna fly this one along. We tried to Do reach you know, out. We tried to reach out to Izzy, but he was probably eaten. Well, yeah. Um, probably not and working. I, didn't we see he you know, and that's the odd thing is he hasn't done any um, food stuff as of late. 
Well, he has. He roasted the roasted beans, remember? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday yeah. he was making baked beans and shredded pork. Oh, okay. I guess I did. I missed that one. When he ate donuts, didn't was he eating donuts one day? Oh. Yeah, he's always on the road for having lunch somewhere. Yeah. For a guy who's got no job, he sure oh. eats out a lot. Anyway, he's he's. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. That's Izzy. We all know what to say about Izzy. Tommy, yeah. are there any comments? There should be. There um, seems to be a lot, a lot of uh, interesting comments I was seeing, at least on Facebook, about uh, the three sides of the coin awards. Yeah, I um, I was looking for them on YouTube, but there weren't much. So let me go back to Facebook because I always go to YouTube first, just because it's that's where, at least for the longest time, we had the most people that were watching. I know that some, you know, some of them were suggesting Lisa's greatest moment, the greatest 25 cent rant. Um, oh God, that's a good one too. That, that is a good one. I'll tell you my favorite 25 cent rant was the one when I forget we, I was, I remember I was at the old house sitting at the desk and Mark just went off. Was it like a, a, a listener posted something or something? I can't remember. I mean, it, it might have been one of the early ones that oh sort of God. started the 25 cent put a quarter in Mark because it, he had a couple was, of them where we didn't put a quarter in. He just went off. I mean, he went uh, yeah. hysterical. And best fan, like best um, fanboy moment. Best fanboy moment. Yep. Yeah. So there's some good suggestions that are coming in from... Uh, from the listeners and viewers out there. Yeah, well, and like Chris, sorry, he, he thinks that every time that, that Mark is eating at the start of the show, it means that Mark needs the energy to make sure the show doesn't go off the rails or just probably to get through it. I think somebody suggested like the best Wi-Fi router moment. Yeah, and then the Bill Starkey Award, Loving Off Grid mentioned that. Um, the best one was when you got, when I wasn't on, but there at the beginning, Mark was on his iPad. He's like, hold on a minute, let me do something. He just like totally shut off the iPad. Remember that one? Yeah. You guys yeah. were like, what in the world? That was a good one. Yes. Yeah, and I and I like Justin's idea of the Weisenheimer Award. Oh, that's a good Mitch way Wein. to call it. Call yeah, because it, so it's like you guys are digging deep, which is really cool. Yep. So a lot of great suggestions, but I would say people, please go look, read them. Yeah. And, and, and keep sending us suggestions for a while. Yeah. We really want to make this fun and we really want you to be part of, of the, the three sides of the coin awards. As you are. And as we said, it's, this is more than just what's the best album. What's the best tour. That's boring shit. You know, right. Best guest. Yes. Best bit of minutia. Sure. That's good. But well, yeah, you know, the best Lisa Martini moment. Come on. You can't put a price tag on that. You know, you can't. You can't. Uh, you know, I don't know. I would, you know, for me, it's either it's got to be the hummingbird falling off the chair or the toilet flushing above your head. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> now that I moved upstairs, that doesn't seem to be an issue anymore. <laughs> it, I know you remove that bit from our little repertoire here. <laughs> I know you did. I know we heard. Yeah. It flushed. I know. 
See, see, you could you could set it up and you could have Brian off camera with a toilet sound that he plays on an iPhone every once in a while. Yeah, kind of like we do with Mark when we do the ding. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So uh, once again, our guest had to reschedule at the last minute. It should be worth it. We've pushed him back to next week. So in oh, it's totally going to be worth it. In a in an attempt to fill this show with something beyond our stupidity, um, I saw this post on Facebook in one of the Kiss groups that I'm in, and I don't know this person, but give him full credit. Jeff Shansky posted this, and he basically in this Facebook group said, "Use a one word." Use one word to describe the 70s, 80s makeup era Kiss albums. I thought that's pretty cool. That's, that, that's fun. One word. Now, we're going to take his idea and expand it to all Kiss albums. We're not just going to talk about the makeup era because we love all eras. Right. So let's just do round table here. I'll throw out the album. Lisa, you start. One word. Now, granted, if Mark was here, this would probably be a lot more fun because you know he'd use like three words, five words. Yeah, he'd, so he'd go into an explanation of it. Um, he couldn't follow one word. But you feel free to rip him online for not showing up. Yeah, now, exactly. Do we, have, do we have a word selection? Nope. Is it, is no. No. Whatever word you want. Okay. And remember, it doesn't have to be nice words either. Yeah. I'll save so, those for later. All right. So let's start with the debut album, Kiss. Lisa, one word. Wow. wow. Okay. That's my word. You know why? Because when you first saw that album, first album cover with them on the, with them in makeup, didn't wasn't your first word? Wow. Who's this? Right. Well, I'd already seen them prior to finding the first album. Okay, so the well, first the first album didn't have the wow effect. Oh, it had wow for me. So there Tommy. Wow. Um, confusing. Interesting. Ooh. Why? Because I didn't buy the first record when it first came out. Dressed to Kill was my first record. So in going and getting that, and then Alive came out shortly after that, and then going back to get the first two, it was confusing because they look so different. Okay. On the cover. Now, wait, let me preface. Wait, Michael, when to, to kind of expand, I'm going to do my own rules now. To expand, yeah, you're breaking the rules already. That's what I do. Uh, to expand on my comment, my brother bought that album and showed me. And he said, Lisa, look at. I said, he showed me the album cover and he said, Lisa, look how cool this, this band is. And I went, wow. Wow. So I didn't buy it. It was my, it was my brother that bought it and showed me. Okay. Um, my, my one word for the debut album would probably be hungry. As in, this is a band that is very hungry right now. They they just, you know, they've got that hunger, they've got that craving, they've got that desire, whatever you want to use to describe it, but nothing 
nothing was there was no outside influences playing into the kiss world yet it was just these four guys that were really hungry to become rock stars and record some music that they love and and to some extent i think that's what a lot of debuts debut albums are going to be for many bands you know all these bands yeah. have their entire lives of being hungry to succeed to do that first album and then they got six months to do the second album so mm-hmm. that's why debut albums i think can be so special yeah um all right album number two hotter than hell lisa explain that more what Hmm. was hum when Hmm. you think of hotter than hell that wasn't my answer that was my thought oh okay (laughs) uh let's see That one, that one was a little confusing. And again, I'm going by first. So, so a little confusing is your one word confusing or little or a uh? confusing with the beginning of being little, because <laughs> again, when, when you're a little kid and you're looking at these albums, you're looking at a cover, right? You're not really looking at songs and that kind of stuff. And to me, it was a little confusing because it had the Japanese writing on it was a little odd for me okay so again i'm going i was a little kid then i'm you're i'm like three four five years old when these first albums came out so you know my first reaction to them was a little bit more simplistic you know okay. Going, okay so i'm gonna go a little confusing, confusing. yeah tommy disappointing how come sound quality was horrible you know, I almost, you know, if you didn't know any better, Tommy's description of the first two Kiss albums, you're like, how the hell is this guy a Kiss fan? Confusing and disappointing described the two albums. Because, because remember, I went dressed to kill alive and then went backwards. Uh, no, I, I I get it. I get this, it. This is, this is good, though, because that's kind of what I was saying where I saw through the eyes of a, a four-year-old and a five-year-old. And Tommy, you're going back and revisiting them as, you know, so... My, my one word would be Japan, just because of the visuals. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, the album cover, everything, visually, I love that album. It just looks so cool. And, you know, I don't remember where Hotter Than Hell fell in my timeline of discovering Kiss, because, you know, I discovered them rock and roll over and then went backwards. So I don't know if I had any confusion of like why is this japan stuff on here i just thought it looked cool it 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 fit well with the makeup the kabuki makeup so right um i would say japan um all right third album dress to kill lisa um this was like the first album where i really got into the songs I'm going to, I mean, loved it. So what is the one word? Jesus, God, really love. <laughs> okay. Jesus. God, can I just say, can I just, can I just throw in a it or a little or a. <laughs> you can throw in anything you want, but you've got to at least specify what your one word is. Love. God, and the reason it. I love it is Mark, because. Mark Martini. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's my brother's name. How funny. Um, <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna say I loved it because that's when I first heard um, um, rock and roll all night. Okay. Okay. Tommy, dress to kill. Special. In what sense? My first kiss album. Okay. I will have to say Dress to Kill for me, I will use Confusing. Okay. Because, again, I had I went back and found that after Rock and Roll Over and Destroyer and Love Gun and Alive 2. And then I look at Dress to Kill and I'm like, this is just like, is this the same band? It's a, it's, it's a black and white cover. They're in suits. There's no costumes. You know, it was kind of a confusing, and again, I'm not talking about the music. I'm just talking about my first reaction of, this cover is pretty boring. Hmm. You know, after discovering Super Kiss on Alive 2, and you go back and see Kiss on the cover of Dress to Kill, it was sort of like, it's kind of a letdown, really? I mean, how is this the same band? So that was the confusion I was dealing with. Okay. Um, that's fair. So, uh, next album, Alive. Lisa. I'm, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but meh. I just, I'm not a, a live album person. I didn't, it wasn't meh. Okay. That's fair enough. Tommy. Explosive. Because okay. it was, it was what sold me on them more than anything else. Because to me, those songs came alive when you heard that version or those versions of those songs. And to be able to sit for hours in my bedroom and listen to those songs and, um, what, you know, stare at that booklet was just. I can't tell you how many hours I spent doing that. It, 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 explosive. Okay. I will, and and I'm going to call this one word because there could be a hyphen in, in the middle, groundbreaking. Yeah, you can use compound words. Yeah, so. But, oh, no, no, no. That's no. true. No. You break no, the you rules. can. You haven't used one compound word yet. Ground dash breaking. Yeah, that's that's. There's no space word. in the middle there. That so was, I it, love it. it. It's not, and for me, I mean, it seems it should be obvious. Anybody who's a regular listener, the Kiss Alive album is just like Lisa, meh to me. But I totally respect it for how it broke the ground for Kiss to explode and become what they are. Musically, did does nothing for me. The cover, uh, you know, it's like, uh, do I have to see that image, that same image again? How many times are we going to reuse the Alive album cover imagery and stuff? It's like it's been beaten to death. Um, the packaging was impressive, but again, I went backwards and got Alive after Rock and Roll Over and Destroyer and Love Gun and Alive too. So. I'm just going to give it 
the dues it deserves for what it did for Kiss's career and how influential it was of, of an album, groundbreaking. But for me personally, I, I don't listen to it. Uh, okay. Destroyer. Um, That's the sound of Lisa thinking for those of you who are listening and not watching. So this album means a little bit of extra for me in a personal sense, because I remember I went on vacation with my family and we've had to send the eight track player in the car the whole time. So it's memorable in terms of a personal sense, but incredible in terms of music and an album. Because I, I know you're gonna laugh, but I loved Great Expectations. And I was always, I always hoped that like Gene was gonna sing that to me. I know. Okay, so so once again, I have to be the bad guy and go, what's your one word? Um, I said incredible. Okay. Incredible. Tommy. Magical. Because it was such a great record and the artwork was over the top cool. Yep. I will say perfection. It's, okay. it's about as perfect a Kiss album in my mind as there could be from the incredible artwork to just the amazing songs everything about it except for the fact that i thought my destroyer album was broken when i first got it because i couldn't understand what this radio stuff was at the front of the album thought somebody had recorded on my vinyl lp somehow that's great <laughs> doesn't get any better than that doesn't get any better than that as a naive kid um yeah i just think it's a perfect album it is an album that to this day i can listen to with no problems it's fresh it's exciting it's full of energy today as it was 40 years ago for me uh okay rock and roll over well i gotta answer the door <laughs> okay tommy so you you can go somehow these these shows always just turn into train wrecks anyway rock powerful. and roll over powerful because i loved the sound of that record and dropping the needle on um i want you was powerful because it's like it, you weren't expecting it you know how it just breaks into the right yeah Right. I will I will go with life dash changing. My it was my first kiss album. And it just changed everything for me. I mean, it was just that moment of boom. I dropped the needle again on I Want You, and I can still every Every moment I ever play, I want you. I'm taking. I'm taken back to 
my childhood home in Bloomington, Minnesota, and my parents' con big console stereo system. And I still can visualize in my head putting the vinyl on the changer. And you hear, you know, the way I want you starts out. I, would, I wouldn't say mellow, but, you know, it's Paul singing just quiet by himself. And then yep. the song explodes. It's like, exactly. Oh, wow. This uh -huh. song. And, 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 and trust me, the rest of the album did not let me down at all. No. I, mean, I could also describe rock and roll over as perfection. Yeah. But it's just the life changing album for me that that hooked me completely into kiss and changed and because of getting into kiss then my whole life eventually changed mm -hmm. yeah lisa um i'm gonna say unexpected because i didn't know that they could like the person at the door <laughs> i love how nobody's here when the door you know a little kid james um i'm gonna say unexpected because I didn't think that there could be such an awesome follow-up to Destroyer. Okay. Love Gun. Lisa. It's so difficult, right? It is. I mean, it is a little difficult sometimes. Um, That's a lot of dead air. I know. I'm trying to think because I, because I, I, I'm trying to think of first what, word that comes to mind. Love gun. Larger than life. <laughs> oh God! It's like playing with Mark. First word, and you give me three. <laughs> no, if, larger than life. Let's do it as a compound, right? <laughs> <laughs> well you know what again what i liked off of love gun and you're gonna laugh at me again is then she kissed me i love that song you, you think gene was gonna kiss you and i just i just thought that song was thought that song was kind of cool i don't know i i like the songs that weren't very kiss like you know i mean first of all you know you have your you know i stole your love a love gun, you know, the title track, but I don't know. Then she kissed me, kind of skirted in there. I liked it. So, well, it was kind of you know, larger than life album. I know. I don't, I, I'm odd. God, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of fighting the rules with Lisa. I've given up. She's going to play by whatever she wants to play now. That's right. Tommy, love gun. Anticipation. I remember, and I've told this story before, it was the first KISS record I bought with my own money that I had earned. I was on my parents' roof for a week, helping my brother-in-law re-roof the house. And I earned enough money so that the day the, the record came out, I could go buy it with the money that I had saved. But the anticipation part was hearing Ace Fraley sing for the first time. Okay. Love Gone one word meh um only because and 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 i still try and 
think about why I feel this way. The Love Gun album for me, I got nothing like a, it's great artwork. It's, oh, hey, look, Mark showing up. It's great artwork. Um, great songs, not as great as Rock and Roll Over, not as great as Destroyer. But Love Gun as an album just never hit me. It just never settled with me. And I don't know if it's because of where I was as a kid when I first got it, if I wasn't in the hype of the Love Gun release or what it was. But to this day, Love Gun is just one of those where it's like, it's a it's a great album, but eh, there's a lot of other stuff I'd rather listen to. Fair enough. Um, all right. Alive 2. Lisa. Can I say two? Can I have two words? Can you hyphenate it? Yeah. Scary, scary album cover. Always scared the hell out of me with Gene's face, but... You could have done one word for that. Scary. Scary high school. That's it. Scary. No, because I, I like the fourth. I like um, side four. Okay. And there, I played it every time. I played it all the time. Would you put the thing down? All the time in high school was the fourth side. So scary album cover, love the fourth side. And if you're listening, you figure out what the one word is and all that. Okay. <laughs> I'm done trying. That's homework right there. <laughs> yeah. Tommy, what's your one word for Alive to? Badass. For two things. The back cover, that photo of Gene, which everybody loves. And when you open up the gatefold. The back cover of Gene or the front cover where he's the, all bloody? Well, it's the same picture, but he's yeah. bigger on the back, you know? But that photo of Gene, and then you open up the gatefold and see that badass. I will, I'll hyphenate again. Explosive dash masterpiece. It is a perfect live album. It is what it is what visually set Kiss in my mind was Kiss Alive too. I mean, and that's why when I went back to Kiss Alive after that, to me, Kiss Alive just felt kind of as a letdown when I when you compare it to the the explosive visuals and just the over the top sound of the con and and don't get into oh well it's overdubbed it's not i don't give a crap as a kid when i listened to that alive 2 album that was monstrous that well, was and i don't understand why, well and i don't understand why that's ever a talking point anyways because it, it's the finished product that's like that's like complaining that a sugar cookie has too much sugar in it you know it, what does it matter what they did it is what it is it's or, awesome it's like complaining a sugar cookie has no sugar and it's all artificial chemicals does it still yeah, taste well. like a sugar cookie that you love yeah mm -hmm. then it's great so yeah. i mean you know yes yeah, so live to just an explosive masterpiece of an album yeah uh all right so now we're gonna go into the solo albums and why don't we just round table and take pick take all four albums and give your okay. one word description for each of the four solo albums all at once so okay. listen four solo albums 
We're still um, Christmas. I know that's dumb. Is that the same word for each album, or are you going to have a different word for each album? For each album, because okay. that was the I got I got all four solo album eight tracks for that Christmas, and it was so amazing. And I got to sit with my cousins and put those eight tracks in, and we just listened to those songs over and over and over again. I'll never that's I'll never forget it. Tommy, I know mine are stupid, but. All right. Well, I'm going to do all four of them. Paul Stanley. Masterpiece. Ace Fraley. Amazing. Gene Simmons. Disappointing. Peter Chris. Interesting. Okay. And I mean that the my one word answers kind of explain. Yeah. You know. Um, I I will describe each with a unique word, unlike Lisa, who took the lazy way out. Um, I'll start with uh Peter Chris sucked. Gene Simmons. Um disappointing. Paul Stanley. Kiss. Ace Fraley. Yeah. Kick ass. Fair and, enough. You know, and my one word for Paul Stanley just means that's a Kiss album. That's just that, that as good as a Kiss album could be. It was Paul Stanley's solo album to me. Yep. I agree. That's why I said masterpiece. Mark, are you anywhere there? Do you want to play yet? Yeah, I was just waiting to get the phone. Oh, in. Okay, we were looking at the ceiling. You you can jump you can you can jump in here and and give your one word description for each solo album. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to do. There's nothing to do. Just you lost your play control. Hold on. Well, you know what? Like I said, I've been home about eight minutes and uh, I've been gone for 12 hours. I've had a Diet Coke in the last 12 hours. Oh, so we're, we're dealing with some, we're dealing with some I'm just fucking, and then it's hurry here. I'm like, fuck, I don't need that fucking time. I can't get the fucking camera to stay straight. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. Anyways, this is what... Lisa, are you spitting the white claw out of your mouth right now? All right. So hold on. So alive to what's uh, what's a good word for? No, uh, no, no. We're on the solo albums now. No, we're not. We're on alive to alive to. Um, it's one word, right? Is that what we're doing? Yes. yes. One word would be. You can use compounds. Can we? Yes. Yes. You can do whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> Hold on. We're gonna go. It's two words, but fuck it, because I don't pay attention to rules anyway. Runner up for a live two. Uh, the solo albums. Just I'm gonna do one word in general. Misguided. Um, but then individually, Paul Stanley, incredible. Ace Frehley, phenomenal. Gene Simmons. 
ambitious Peter Chris. Um, mediocre. Okay, Lisa, are you are you ready? Are you ready to move on to the next round here, or do you need a moment? To I need a moment. <laughs> never seen Lisa like this. <laughs> oh my god, okay. <laughs> I don't know why Mark made me laugh. I'm sorry. You're going to ruin your makeup. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Oh god. <laughs> Hold on. This is why we there. love having Mark on this show. <laughs> we can't script this. This cannot be scripted, people. Mark, I oh, love you. It's so like, much. hurry up, get home. Oh, we're going to wait till you start, wait for you. And then I get home, you're good. I'm like, fuck it. So I'll wait till I'm called on and then I'll get my fucking camera ready. There, now we're good. All I got to say is, Mark, because of all that, the reaction you got out of Lisa made this all worthwhile. I'm sorry, Mark. I apologize. I completely 100%. Oh, I don't care. I, yeah. Look, whatever it is, I'm sure it's good. Okay, next album. Dynasty, Lisa, one word. Life-changing. And the reason I say that, again, everything for me is a timeline. Everything was, what was happening. It's like a storybook of my life, right? Soundtrack of my life. I would say life-changing. That was my very first concert I ever went to. So, again, that's, for me, it's life-changing. Music, meh. Okay. Tommy, Dynasty magic because it was super kiss and it was the height of my fandom okay mark dynasty cracks oh good word good word there's a couple different ways you could take that, but I'm putting it in the context of that was when the fissure, the yeah. cracks started coming undone. Good word. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to have to hyphenate three words here to make this work. Meet and greet. You know, for me, Dynasty, well, Dynasty, Dynasty was the moment I got to meet the band. Mm. And that was, I mean, to this day, you know, when you were a kid and it's 1979 and these four superheroes are in front of you on stage, it's, it was just a draw drop dropping, incredible moment that I will never forget. The album could have sucked as bad as Peter Chris's solo album. And I will still have the greatest memories of Dynasty because of that in-store that I got to go to. Fair enough. Um, all right. Now we're going to maybe get some interesting one words. Unmasked. Lisa. Um, I put fun because I like that album. I could play that album over and over again. Okay. Tommy? Pop. And not the soda kind? No, because it was so AM pop friendly. 
Okay. Mark? Clueless. Clueless? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I will use WTH. What the hell? The for me that was that was my reaction from everything from seeing the cover to listening to that album going what the hell is this this is not this is not the same band that did rock and roll over just a few years ago and and to and to this day i still stand by how you can put on the front of your own album cover somebody saying they still suck I'm just like, why would you do that? That's like, that's calling yourself, saying that you suck. I just don't get that. I mean, I get it's part of the cartoon, but, you know, as a kid, I was just like, I want to be proud of my band. If my band is putting verbiage on their album cover that says they suck, how can I be proud of this? Amen. Um, Yep. All right. Music from the Elder. Lisa. Interesting. Because it truly was interesting. I I mean, I understand, but I like music from the elder, kind of like Unmasked, but um, it was a very curveball direction the kiss went into. So that's why I went with interesting. Okay. Tommy. Confusing because I didn't understand what they were doing. Okay. Mark? This goes hand in hand with my previous one. The first, uh, Unmasked was clueless. Music from the Elder is rudderless. No direction. I will say music for the El- from the Elder is WTH squared. Take the what the hell I experienced in Unmasked and square that. That was the reaction for music from the elder. And and listen, it's it's not that I think the whole thing just completely sucks because I'm I was absolutely fascinated by the new costumes and everything else, but it was definitely a continuation of what the hell is going on with this band. This is even more what the hell is going on with this band. You didn't even put a picture of the band on the album. The most visual band in the world, and there's no picture of them. What the hell? I had to go to Super Teen Magazine to find out what they look like. Uh, Okay, now we're getting better. Creatures of the Night, Lisa. Um, I put, it's kind of down, but resurrected. That's good. Meaning, you know, after the elder, there seemed to be some sort of a resurrection of kiss in terms of creatures where now we're starting to hear like the, the, the real sound of kiss, you know, kind of what we're used to. So I looked at it as a resurrection. Sure. Tommy. Ribbon. Like, I felt like they were all in again. Yep. Mark? Well, Lisa stole mine, so I'm just going to say inspired. 
but I think resurrected is uh, is the better word. Thank you, Lisa. I'm I'm going to I'm going to break the rules since they've already been shattered completely and go they're back. I mean, just everything about that album was they're back now. The cover and the music and the costumes, it was like you know, it was getting a little scary there for those previous two to three albums. You didn't know what was going to happen. And this Creatures of the Night lands on your lap and you're like, oh, major relief as a Kiss fan. These guys are back. Uh, lick it up, Lisa. Um, exciting. Because it kind of carried on the Creatures feel, but it took on a whole nother level. Um, with Minnie Vincent playing and the and the whole unmasked thing and everything like so it was a very exciting time I think for Kiss especially with the unmasking part Tommy heartbreaking because the makeup was gone and it was the end of an era fair Mark hmm Geez, how would I describe what? Because I like it a lot, but at the same time, hmm. I'm just going to say solid. Well, it's a cop out of because I really like the album a lot, and it is a solid record. They didn't break any new ground. Um, well, I guess you can say they did a little bit with All House Breaking Loose. Um, but I think in many ways that really was sides three and four of Creatures of the Night. Yeah, it was a continuation. Records. Yeah, I guess continuation, Michael. It's, unless, that, unless that's the word you were going to use. No, but, no. Uh, um, yeah, if I had to go back on the record, I'd say continuation. I will go Rebirth. That could work for Creatures as well. Oh, well, yes, but I give it, I, I use it on Lick It Up because their career was reborn at that point in time. He didn't get reborn and, and come back career wise on creatures of the night. And, you know, they were almost buried, but lick it up was the rebirth of kiss. And, you know, as a kiss fan, I was all of a sudden hearing them on the radio. I was seeing them on MTV, you know, friends were talking about them all of a sudden it's like yeah okay i feel a little vindication here that my band is back that you had written off a couple years ago they were reborn i would agree that musically it's just a continuation of the creature's sound not quite as heavy but it it's definitely a a bookend to each other creatures and lick it up are perfect bookends um all right animalize lisa sorry animalize um fresh um because of the fact that you brought in um 
you know, now that Vinny left, you brought in Mark St. John, who I think had a great guitar sound and kind of brought a little freshness to the band, even though he was only there for a short amount of time. And I like that album. Tommy. Severance. Severance. Felt like the end of a friendship between Gene and Paul. Okay. Were you able to feel that when the album came out? Because remember, when the album came out, we didn't know of the turmoil and what was going on internally between Gene and Paul. It just, yeah, well, I felt like it was produced by Paul. It had Paul's fingerprints all over it. They were now on their third guitar player. Gene, Gene's songs weren't very good. I, I had a gut feeling like this is like a sinking ship. Interesting. Especially considering it was, I mean, with Heavens on Fire, they were really starting to come back big time. Well, yeah, but it's, again, it was more people. It was the, it, well, for me, it was the first Kiss album where Paul's stuff was so much stronger than Gene's. And of course, we, we, at, we know why now. Right. But I felt that I felt like, well, this, what's this garbage, you know, whereas at least even though I'm not a huge fan of lick it up, there was some very strong songs like fits like a glove and on the eighth day on um, lick it up that were G strong Gene Simmons songs. And I just thought that one was just, I thought it was the beginning of the end. Okay. Mark. To piggyback on Tommy's, um, I would say disingenuous. It was really the start of the, the trend following. I mean, not the star, because it's a, the star would have been Dynasty. But <clears throat> I, I've said this many times on the show. Um, I look for stuff, threads that go back to the beginning. Under the Gun could not have been on any of the other records, at least the first six. They didn't play like that. The drums didn't go like that. Um, you could also argue then and that it's progressive and, you know, but for me, that was when I really Kiss, instead of being Kiss, Kiss just became another rock band. Um, don't get me wrong. They had to slog it out for a few years before they got to, uh, well, we'll get, we'll get, when we get to that record, I'll explain, but this was really disingenuous. I was going to stay, I was going to say, uh, stutter as well. Um, it, it just, the, or blip, it started to lose some of its, what drew me to it in the first place. There's really luster, nothing on it. lost its luster? Yes, it really did. Lackluster is, that's one word, isn't it? It can be. It so Lisa may yeah, not accept I mean, it. Don't get me wrong, it's funny too, because when you guys point out a lot of things, you're right. Now, Heaven's on Fire really is a classic kiss anthemic sort of a song. So 
you know, as I've said many times, in order to do these sorts of things, you have to be a bit of a hypocrite. There's just no getting around it. Let's face it. Mr. Stanley knows how to write a chorus, you know? Yep. Um, but overall, most of that record, there's no, there's nothing connecting it back to the beginning. And again, part of that hypocritical part, you could really say the same thing about lick it up in many ways. Um, and even creatures to a degree as well, except I liked what they did on creatures musically. I just thought the songs were better. And I, same thing with look it up. I just thought the songs were better, but much like Tommy, uh, animal eyes was tough for me to, you know, everything. I mean, number one, I didn't like the record much, but then Gene with the really bad wigs and the wasp shin pads and, uh, all of a sudden, you know, Paul's dancing a certain way. Bruce Kulick, God love him. I love Bruce. He's a wonderful human being, but on stage. That's where that, it, it, I, I remember it was during the animalized era that he, he uh, was given the nickname Spruce, Spruce Kulick. Cause he yeah. just planted his feet. So, so just, just all that. I wasn't, uh, I know I this is this is the, the the thing that I say all the time that usually generates the most hate mail. I'm sorry Eric Carr died. He was a wonderful human being. I did not starting at Animalize, but more so on the next record and tour. He played so ahead of the beat. I, and I've got the bootlegs to prove it. I Kiss just lost. They lost their soul. Like just this, it was the songs were too fast. It it didn't have that down 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 down. They lost the the, the groove. groove. Yeah, yeah. And I really think. But again, here's the hypocritical part. I think I've had enough is one of the best Kiss songs ever. I love that song. You know what I mean? So I'm all over the all over the place the things that they were doing some of it they were doing it well but it just when i'm honest with myself at the end of the day it just wasn't the kiss sound and feel okay so there you go you know for me it it, it animalizes one of those tough albums because i think heavens on fire was great and my fandom was just exploding at that point in time but I don't go back and listen to Animalize much at all. As, as music, musically, there's just nothing there that I'm really pulled into to listen to that whole album. Um, I would, if I came up with one word, reinvented. I mean, this is the album they were really trying to rein, totally reinvent what Kiss was. Granted, Lick It Up was a rebirth, but it still, to me, felt a little more Kiss-like. Heavens on Fire was like a brand new band with the name Kiss, sound-wise. So I would say reinvented is my description of Animal Eyes. Lisa, Asylum. I'm lost. Because I think this is where they lost their way in terms of music, in terms of appearance. I just felt that things were starting to separate during Asylum. Okay. 
Tommy. Brandy. I felt like that was the first really trendy record. I know they were following trends by this point, but it's it was it became very apparent to me on that record. With all the, the glitz and the glamour, you could even call it voguish, I suppose. You know. Okay. Or copycat. Mark. Xeroxed. No different than again, you flip through Hit Parader, you're not gonna stop at the KISS page. They look like everybody else. And I thought they the sound, um, again, everything from the drums on down. It's funny, there's a large contingent of the KISS um, army, especially nowadays. Uh, any of the, there's, I've met so many fans. I'm, I'm painting with a very wide brush here, so forgive me. But you it's in a way, brother. Especially on on the on the Kiss Cruise, I tend to meet two things: either a lot of fans who started when I did, or close to when I did in the seventies, or their jump on point was Asylum. Mm -hmm. I always find that weird. It, it seems like the biggest, hardest die diehard fans either were there from the seventies at some point. Or Asylum was their jump on. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, there's many, many, hundreds of thousands of exceptions. But I'd say if I had to find that, that I, I meet those types of fans the most. Either, you know, start 70s started or Asylum started. But Asylum, uh, everything about it, I, I don't. It's just not for me. Again, you know, here's the hypocrisy part. I love King of the Mountain. It's a great tune. Uh, I love the powerful drums. I think Eric carded a great job on that but overall again i can't find that thread that goes back to songs like watching you and lover all i can and it just again trend chase tr trend chasing at its at its zenith i will use underrated um i agree about the whole visual of the band there was nothing unique there was nothing special they were Fo clearly following everything that was being done everywhere else when it came to looks but i feel i still feel like the music just the music on asylum is very underrated i i think it's much better than animalize i actually i remember when i first got asylum and there were some not a lot but there were a couple moments where i'm like ooh that has a feel of 70s rock to it. And I'm not necessarily saying Kiss 70s, but it felt like it was a little bit more of a, we're pulling in some influences from the previous decade. I didn't get that out of, out of Animalize at all. There was nothing in Animalize that made me go, wow, that sounds like a 70s band. There were just glimmers of that on Asylum. So I, I always feel like if you can listen to Asylum and put out the visuals somehow, and that's kind of hard because they were so freaking horrendous at times, musically Asylum can be a pretty good album. Um, Lisa, Crazy Nights. Um, I have Crazy Nights as 
um, entertaining. And the reason I say that, it is just a fun album. You know, start off with Crazy Nights. I, I've always liked that album. I know it's a little bit controversial, but um, that is just a very upbeat, fun, happy album. So that's why I put entertaining because you can't not listen to Crazy Nights without, I mean, I can't, without singing along or clapping or putting a smile on your face. Tommy? Hollow. Because the production is so awful on that record that it took away from the songs for me. And it's not the playing of, of the band members. I said to Bruce just a week or so ago that I, I would almost argue that the guitar work on I'll Fight Hell to Hold You could be my favorite guitar work of any Kiss song. But it's so paper thin. There's no bottom end to it. There's no thunderous drums. I would love to hear Crazy Nights produced like Revenge. Okay. Mark? A play on words that I think you'll appreciate, Michael. Heart less. Because I... Good. They were trying to, that's why they yeah. used that. You no, know, they were trying, heart was just big and they thought they were going to kind of do but, all that sort of stuff. I just thought everything about it just, it just, and again, I, Crazy Nights is a good enough song. I guess I like a couple songs on it, but it, it goes back with when I, you know, what I said when we did Animalize. It's, disingenuous it's xerox it's carbon copy it's do you think that that some of it or most of it was the band themselves wanting the heart sound or do you think that because they brought the producer in that they brought in that's the only way he knew how to make a record was make it sound I like i think that. paul wanted that paul wanted it to sound like a heart record because he, uh, he that was the whole problem I had with Kiss through the 80s. They were always a day late and a dollar short. Oh, that's big right now. Let's do it. Well, it's already dated. You you came six months later after that was the flavor of the week. They were always trying to get, you know, whatever that next new thing is. And, and look, for as much as I love Carnival of Souls, that's really the ultimate example of it. They didn't write a grunge style record organically they were following trends um although i like that record a lot but anyway staying with with this one i think i think they tried to art out heart heart and it uh, just came across to me as soulless heartless it's not my thing i will use fun because basically the way Lisa described it is the same way for me. I mean, that is just that, that that's what kiss is about to me. Fun album, having a good time, partying, anthem, singing, you know, it makes you feel good. And crazy nights does that for me. And, and again, I couldn't tell you if, if there was an, a, 
a life event that really connected me to crazy nights. I mean, that's when I graduated from college and I was moving to Chicago. Um, it, it's just a fun album and I can still listen to it today and I can still feel like I'm having a great time listening to it. Is, is the production uh, an issue? Well, yeah, the production is clearly 80s production. It is Ron Nevison, Ozzy Osbourne meets Heart production. That's clearly what it is. I liked it. You know, I, there's nothing more I can say. I, I liked that. I mean, I love Judas Priest Turbo. I think that is their best album. Me I too. love, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved the, the, the influx of the keyboards. I just, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, <laughs> oh. All right, all right, good, all right. That, that what are you, over. what are you, We're Fred Sanford? Fred Sanford, I, I'm I coming for I you, I'm coming. I'm coming, Elizabeth. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That'll there. There's a homework question. <laughs> Do you know what that reference is? <laughs> yeah. Because I bet exactly. we got a lot of listeners who are like, "What the <laughs> hell is that?" <laughs> okay, we we backed off liking the keyboards now. Um. All right. So show? now 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 let's go oh. to the next the next album, "Hot in the Shade." Oh boy. Lisa. Deflating. I think that coming off of Crazy Nights, that one was just like, oh, just, I was disappointed. Yep. And I absolutely cannot stand Hide Your Heart. Oh, do not like that song. I was just not, it was, I remember the concert, like it was the back of my hand. It was the first time I had front row, but there was. The tour was great. Yeah, the tour yeah, was tour was awesome. Thank God, because yeah, that really sure made was. up for the album. <laughs> Yeah, I, just, I was I was so anticipating like a crazy night set, like upbeat, like crazy, crazy, and I got like read my body. Uh, uh, you know? I mean, it was. I, continue, continue, Lisa, <laughs> continue. A little more read my body. No, that's another day, another time. But no, I was very um, I'd say deflating and disappointed. Yep. You know, Tommy. Hopeful. What hopeful? I felt like. Yeah, hopeful. I felt it was the first step in the right direction in the same way Kiss Killers was after The Elder. Because it was there were stripped down songs, but I liked the fact that there was no keyboard for the most part in them. And there yeah, why was, did we skip Killers? Uh, we could we could throw it in there. It wasn't an official US release. What do we throw I just in? I I just Mark's changing know. the I, rules I, downstream. I felt hopeful. I felt hopeful. Like they're they're at least turning back in the direction. And I I think that um Forever is masterful. I, I think it's an incredible song. And I really like Rise to It as well. There were several songs on that record I liked. I didn't like the whole thing. I thought it was a little overwhelming jamming 60 plus minutes of music on it when several of the songs are like really you could just throw that out well, which forever, is why forever by far is probably one of the most beautiful guitar solos i've ever heard yeah it's it's, it's, it's incredible it, it's absolutely incredible so to me it was hopeful okay mark i just i got to piggyback on that you're absolutely I, I think between the solo and forever and 
uh, the solo and uh, Tears Are Falling. I just Bruce, just if you want to, for as much as some people give him a hard time about, especially like I said, you know, earlier on, seeming a bit too paint by number, he really, his colors shown there. I mean, both those solos are dying. Yeah. But getting back to Hot in the Shade, um, geez, I could go subpar, disappointing, um, you know. Uh, there's a lackluster, um, lazy, lazy would be the word I would say. Damn it, that was Absolutely my word. Absolutely fucking lazy. I was going to say, didn't even have the gall to finish the fucking songs. Here, let the fucking peasants have the demos. Fuck them. Yep. That's the way I felt. It sounded like shit when I listened. I'm like, this is a modern record. This is terrible. And it's funny, too, because at the time, I remember distinctly, because I was certainly old enough at that point, you know, I'm playing in a band and understood the process of music. I remember thinking, this is, these are like demos. This is terrible. And sh sure enough, uh, wasn't it a few years later, my instinct was correct. And that's even to this day, I feel cheated because there's, you know, there's a certain thing. And, and I never really had a problem when they ghosted uh, musicians. Although I always thought, like I had no problems like if Eric Carr played bass on something or Ace or you know Bruce played bass on something, but don't farm it out to somebody else. You know what I mean? That that's when I felt cheated, and we'll get to that in a little bit. I'm gonna a little foreshadowing, but uh, yeah. Anyways, you know, lazy subpar cheated. You know, I I was I was gonna use lazy, but I'll I'll just use demos. You know, that's just all it was, was a bunch of half, three-quarter finished songs for the most part, except for Hide Your Heart and Forever. It almost felt like there, somebody said, we got to finish those songs up and we got to do them right, because those are going to be the radio singles. Everything else, I mean, it, it it's funny how everybody likes to rip on the production on Crazy Nights. Fuck, listen to the production on Hot in the Shade. There is no production on Hot in the Shade. You know, all what Mark said, it's just a bunch of demos that they were too lazy to put the time and money into finishing them properly with the right sound and tweaking the lyrics. And, you know, at, when, it, when it came out, I was excited. It was a new Kiss record. But it didn't take long for that shine to, to disappear and go, I can't, there's nothing here that I'm going back crazy to listen to. I mean, Forever is a great song, but it's not the song I'm going, I fucking want to crank some kiss, so I'm going to crank Forever. That's not, right. it's not that kind of a song. So, yeah, hot in the, there was nothing hopeful about Hot in the Shade. Hot in the Shade, if anything, I was going to say was, you know, back to the feelings of almost like Dynasty and Unmasked and Elder of like, oh, are we starting to lose our way here again? Uh, okay. Fair point. Revenge. Yeah. Revenge. Lisa. Resurgence. Because I felt that they that was the time when they were finally coming back to the where they were supposed to be. That was the first album that sounded like raw, gritty kiss. And I know a lot of people don't like that album, but 
I thought that that album was just off the charts. And I do think it it brought, I mean, if you listen to Hot in the Shade and listen to Revenge, two completely different sounds. So I'm going to go with Resurgence on that. Tommy. Finally. <laughs> I was going to be my work, Tommy. <laughs> Finally, they got it right. Yep. Mark. Right to you, Michael. That Tommy says exactly. They finally got you it know, fucking right. I, I will just, in one word, I'll describe revenge with revenge. It, this was their revenge. They came back and this was showing everybody from the 80s, we still got it in us. This is, and we've mentioned this in some episodes prior to this, this is like a a mirror of Creatures of the Night. I mean, Revenge and Creatures of the Night were two two albums that showed they got their asses kicked and they came back and showed everybody they can still do it. Interesting. Yeah, enough, two, both both of those albums, both of those albums led to some other tumultuous times, but yeah, Revenge was they're back. They're kicking ass, uh, reborn again. You know, if they were reborn on Lick It Up, they got reborn a second time with Revenge. Sadly, it only lasted a year or so. Yeah, that's the worst part. You know, that it just... Well, if you look yeah. at this, it kind of goes that way. It goes from Elder to Creatures, you know, and then it goes it goes from elder to creatures and then look it up and here it goes from hot in the shade to revenge you know down to kind of carnival souls so yep. you have that high peak in that it it, it, is, it is kind of interesting when you look at them historically how it sort of is a repeat of 10 years earlier yep they are uh, these these monumentous monumental albums come at the foothills of these ones that were not so good, like the elder. It's like, shade. you know, they had to get to their lowest yep. in a certain period in order to come back out again. Yep. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Alive three, Lisa. Um, again, I'm not a big live album person. Um, I'd say meh. I'm mean, okay. no, nothing against live albums. Just not not a big not a big fan of live albums. Sorry, okay. Mark. Tommy. Yeah, I just didn't do anything for me. You know, I was expecting. I don't know. I think my first complaint was the cover's horrible, hmm. and I expected something bigger. Sound quality is fine. It just eh. Mark. Alive three. Hmm. Sorry, I just got a text I have to pay attention to. But uh oh, boy, that, that's a tough one. Um it really is, I gotta I gotta tell you, uh, that is probably one of my least listened to KISS records. And it's not that it's bad because it's not. It's just that all the other stuff, boot the, the bootlegs bury it. Um, you know, 
those South American shows and stuff. The stuff I'm just saying basically with when I want to listen to a singer and Kulik kick some ass, I don't go to that. I go to, you know, the Sam pa- Sao Paulo show or mm-hmm. so amazing. Yeah. Well, th- that's what I mean. I mean, I, I, I told this, I think I've told the story before on the show. I re- I was lucky. I had an advance of a live three and I went to the New York kiss expo and I actually have a picture of myself with Eddie Kramer talking to him. And I just held it up and I gave him a, you know, jokingly, it was the first time I had ever met him. And I gave him that kind of stink eye face, you know, like, and he's like, don't blame me. My, my name is just on that for historical purposes. And I'm like, it just doesn't sound good. It's too bassy. And he's like, wash my hands of it. And uh, so for Kiss Alive 3, generic. Okay. I will. I've got no problems with Kiss Alive 3. I actually listen to Kiss Alive 3 more than I listen to Kiss Alive. Um, I would use a word like love because to me, Kiss Alive 3, even though the 80s had their ups and downs and issues that I might have had with tours and songs and songwriting and stuff like that, my fandom for Kiss just totally exploded through the 80s. So Kiss Alive 3 yeah. is sort of the album that I can go back and go, yeah, you know, I went to that Lick It Up tour and the Animalized tour and the Asylum tour and the Crazy Nights tour and the Hot in the Shade tour and the Revenge tour. And Kiss Alive 3 is sort of the painting that I can look at and go, yeah, I remember all those good times. It's like the end cap. Yeah, it, 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 re- it really is because... What's a great way to say it? It is. It's an end. It's it's actually an end cap, almost to Kiss being an original, ongoing, active recording band. Prior to Alive Three, whether you liked it or not, you could pretty much wake up every morning and go, "I know there's a new Kiss album next year and a new tour." Year after year through the 70s and 80s that was just a given after kiss alive 3 not anymore you didn't know when you were going to get something out of kiss or if you were going to get something yeah you didn't so you're right you know it's a good good description end cap to kiss um all right mtv unplugged lisa Monumental, because that was the first time you really got to see Kiss on television outside of, you know, outside of the movie and all that kind of stuff. It was the first time this was really on TV. And I think that that unplugged session, it was a start of something. So in the terms of Monumental, it was the start of a new chapter in Kiss. Um, putting the makeup back on the reunion tour started in a whole nother chapter. And um, I just thought I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And coming home is one of my favorite songs and what a great way to start off the album. Tommy. Fresh. It was fun to hear the songs like coming home 
played acoustically. Mark? Catalyst. Good word. There you go. Because of what it symbolized. Yep. It truly was what set, honestly, the career to this day. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I said. Set the tone. I would say surprising because it surprising in that it is so good. But I think going into it, there was probably a lot of Kiss fans that were kind of going, Kiss is doing an all unplugged album. I'm not sure if this is going to be good or bad. What am I getting here? And I mean, it's, it's a great, it's, a, it's the most underrated Kiss live album out there. Because most people don't even think of it in that sense. But it was a surprising album that really showcased the talent and the songs of the band. And, and how, did you not get like chills when you saw all the members together playing? Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. It was so monumental. How could you not get choked up or, chi or chills watching Peter and Eric and Ace and Bruce and Gina and Paul all playing together? I mean, again, monumental. And, and, and again, to what we were just talking about, that was, it came out, what, three years after Alive 2. So we were already in that point of, are we ever going to get anything more from Kiss? Are they going to do anything more? We had the convention tour, but obviously we knew the music industry was completely changing and crapping on every band that was hard rock, glam rock, hair metal, anything along those lines. You know, it, it, was, it was exciting to get that album. Um, all right. Carnival of Souls. Lisa. Conforming. Because I felt that they were trying too hard to conform to the to the nineties. And I, I there's some good songs on there, maybe two, but I was just so disappointed in the fact that they just tried too hard. I felt like it was forced. It was too forced. Tommy. It's a shitty record. I don't want them. I don't want them singing about depression. I want them singing about happy, upbeat, the stuff I've grown to love about them. Yep. Rock and roll all night and party every day. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, that's the same thing why I don't like grunge as a rule is, is that those kids all seem so depressed. Yep. Mark. Here is where uh, I foreshadowed early, um, bringing up the hypocrisy of doing something like this. Because I think Carnival of Souls, in a word, is underappreciated. I think musically and lyrically, they were breaking new kiss ground, although they were clearly trying to sound like Alice in Chains. However, I look at a song like Hate from the drum pattern to the sinister lyrics to the vibe, motherfucker just crushes. That is just like unholy to me, the song. I mean, that 
uh, childhood's end, Gene, just an emotional lyric. Um, I love fucking Carnival of Souls, unapologetically. Well, look at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, Tommy basically stole mine. I shit. It's just an absolute POS album. It's not Kiss. And and I'm not going to discount great lyrics, but those lyrics needed to be in a different a different music with those lyrics so they became kiss songs i don't yeah i mean it's i'm like tommy i don't like grunge i don't want to listen to depressing music that sounds like i'm trying to walk through six feet of mud and you know it does nothing for me it's yeah especially after you've had years and years of uplifting you can do this you can stand on exactly. your own fight for exactly. your rights exactly who you want to be and and know? and and it was just such now and again this to mark's point this is where being a hypocrite comes into this i mean yes they were they were jumping and following trends through the 80s but i always felt like to some extent there was still a an a feeling an air of kiss of what they were trying to follow the trend this was just Kiss going, well, we're just going to become a grunge band this year. And it's just like, you're not a fucking grunge band. The Kiss no. fans don't accept a grunge band. And the grunge fans are surely not accepting Kiss trying to be grunge. No. Right. I mean, that, 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 you know, at least there was a slight chance that Def Leppard and Bon Jovi fans were going to accept Kiss doing Crazy Nights. Alice in Chains fans are not going to sit here and go, fuck, this is a grunge band now, man. They feel it. They know it. It's like, no, they don't. That's why I thought it was forced. It was so forced. It was yeah. so fake. It was so, I, you know, I wish they could have used those lyrics, that recording time, to truly record something that was much closer to revenge. But it was the first time Bruce sang. Yeah. I mean, I've I've always joked it's really a Bruce Kulick solo album that's got Kiss members guest starring on it because mm-hmm. he put his heart and soul into it. Yeah, I don't think I can't sit here and go, did Gene and Paul put their heart and soul into this? Because if they did, they wouldn't have done it. I think they just did it because this is what they had to do to stay alive. And thankfully, the reunion came along and buried the need to, to do Carnival of Souls, basically. Um, all right. Psycho Circus. Lisa. Um, comeback. And I say that because this was the first album back in makeup, um, back with the original members, as far as we know. Um, but I think it was a, a comeback album. I mean, I mean, again, this kind of goes back to, you know, we talked about the the trench and the peak and the trench and the peak. Um, same with Elder to Creatures, um, with Revenge to Hot in the Shade. I think this, I feel it could have been more of a psycho circus on the trails of Carnival Souls. Tommy. I 
got two. Exciting because it was the originals back together, but disappointing at the same time. Because it wasn't I, the originals on the album. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that, but that's not, for me, that's not what it was at the time. It, it, it's just, it wasn't what I'd hoped it would be. There's a couple of, of songs on there that I love. Um, you know, the first cut, I was like so excited when you hear that first scream, I'm like, this is great. And then it just kind of went like this for me. But I would say Psycho Circus and um, We Are One are brilliant. Well, you know what also, Tommy, it brings back the lyrics. We were talking about lyrics and it brings back the lyrics of what we expect from Kiss. Yes. You know, we were saying, you know what, we can do this. We're all in it together. That's exactly what this album is about. You know, we yeah. are, and, you know, Psycho Circus, Raise Your Glasses, you know, that kind of momentum where Carnival of Souls was a little bit more dark and doldrummy. Yeah, I would say that that's reasonable. I, I have a few words because this is a, this is a, it's this words specifically isn't about the music come on isn't yeah isn't about the music on the record this the the because I, I have a few that i think i have to to say one is chameleon because bruce kulik was on that record tommy thayer played on that record kevin valentine played the drums y you had all kinds of people that Oh, I only like the originals. Well, Bruce Kulick's playing bass. Bruce Kulick's playing guitar. Tommy Thayer's playing lead guitar. I mean, come on. Um, I actually, Psycho Circus is weird for me. In a word, um, God. I'd have to be two. Um, missed opportunity in some ways, but in other ways, I love it. I, the title track to, to this day, when I go to a Kiss show, that's the song I'm waiting for. Yep. I love Psycho Circus. Yeah. I love the theatrical aspect. That to me, the structure Psycho of the Circus song. to me could have been on Destroyer. Yep. I think it takes the greatest elements of Destroyer, the theater that is Destroyer. The, you know, it's really Detroit Rock City on steroids. You know, that whole middle breakdown. And it's so musical. That song is just dynamite. And I love Within. And, and if we're honest with ourselves, gentlemen and lady, um, Within could have been on Carnival of Souls. Oh, no, and I clearly, yeah. And I love that song. Um, like Tommy said, you know, here's here's where I start going. Here's the threads backwards. Here's the thread. Raise your glasses, and I, I the state of rock and roll. Come on, those could have been off a of fucking love gun. You know what I mean? It, that's classic Paul Stanley. So that's what I mean. There's so many words for this record if you want to get Psycho Circus correct, because it really is 
it's ambitious, I guess, because it really is so many different things. But here's where they start throwing the threads back to the original, which is what I think Paul Stanley and Gene were trying to hide. You know what I mean? That they were trying to go, hey, this is the original band, but it, it wasn't. We didn't know that at the time. Right. Um, but all you have to do now is listen to, and I'm not knocking Peter just to knock him, but go go back to the the uh, the uh, um, the L.A. Dodgers show. Um, watch him play the song "Psycho Circus," dumbed down beyond. And and it's not a rip on Peter, I, guys. Just as a drummer, and then listen how musical. Eric Singer plays that middle breakdown where the, where, you know, where the guitar comes down. And Kevin Valentine on the record really does the same thing. Eric takes that drum part and just, you know, it just got so much more feel. And, and that's one of the things I love. And I had said that to him. I, I love all the nuances. He throws so much really cool stuff in so many of those songs. And I don't know, I hadn't noticed it in the past, but I could hear it now with that last tour. I could really hear all the, all the little things he does is really quite amazing. Yeah. So like I said, there's uh, psycho circus is weird. Also too, in my, you know, I, I still use an iPod. My, Psycho Circus that I listen to and the one that I'm used to isn't the one that the record company put out. I I lobbed off a couple songs and added a couple songs yep. um, because I like I don't like the flow of the record. I don't was that was Nevison, right? No, that was Bruce Fairburn. Excuse me, Fairburn. Uh, Nevison was was crazy. Um, yeah, I I. I and when you, it's funny, if you go back and listen to Paul Stanley interviews about that, I think Paul felt the same way. Paul, like, and I think that's another reason why I think Paul is so, you know, gung-ho to self-produce now. Paul was right. I think the, re, the, the fact that I had to change the record in order to find maximum enjoyment of it, I think is vindication for Paul's feeling that... Um, that it wasn't done correctly. But know? here, you know, here's the thing, because you, you're right. Paul has said that many times. I think if Paul self-produced Psycho Circus, it would not be anywhere near as good as it is. I think the fact this, this is a great illustration of why a producer comes in. There's going to be issues and disagreements, but a producer pushes to get songs finished better perfect and you know again this is sort of foreshadowing the final two studio albums that we'll get to but i i think psycho circus is a great album because it wasn't produced by kiss yeah I mean, that, you, that, that, that extra person. you needed that other person now maybe bruce wasn't completely the perfect choice but I don't think he was. I think that's that's the problem in the mix for me. He was not the guy. I still think Ezrin would have fucking been oh, the yes. guy yep. for that record. Now, hear me out real quick. My, I'm sorry, I don't mean to hog your time. But I, Ezrin's for that one. 
Whereas when we get a little bit later on in the story, not to not too distant future, I would have liked to have seen someone like Kramer, who was more of a yeah. because Psycho Circus was a lot more ambitious. The Psycho Circus was clearly a nod to Destroyer. Oh, it's Destroyer Maybe. Part Two. Yes, which they say every record is from Revenge on. But this in this it, case, it this actually, actually was did. Yes, yes. This, they actually did it this time. So sorry about. That. I didn't mean to. Uh, you know, I I. And, and before I say my one word, I will just preface by, I love Psycho Circus. I think it's, a, again, I think it's a very underrated album. Um, I think it gets, the music gets lost amongst the fans who are like, oh, it's Ghost Musicians, Ace and Peter didn't play on it, it sucks, blah, blah, blah. The tour was kind of a letdown coming off of the reunion tour i think the album is great and it's filled with great songs that lisa to your point it's like this is back to the lyrics that i love kiss writing you know psycho circus we are one raise your glasses i mean i i remember when psycho circus came out i had i don't think i did this on kiss online i think i did it on kiss otaku where i basically was like telling fans okay on the day the album comes out let's all toast and raise our glasses to a new kiss album on the day it comes out so worldwide a million kiss fans are having a drink at the bar at home or whatever i mean I felt like that's what Psycho Circus brought back to Kiss, especially after coming out of Carnival of Souls. It was like, yeah, I've got a great band back again. It was like a feel good. It was a feel good album. Yes, but I will describe it in one word as failed because I think the album, they had all of these intentions, but the album failed to do it. And Mm -hmm. is it because the fans got so caught up as soon as it started, the rumors started coming out that it wasn't Ace and Peter, you know, did they just dismiss this album? Even if it was a good album, because those guys weren't on it. And the, again, the tour wasn't quite living up to the expectations everybody had of the psycho circus tour, that it was going to be this huge carnival event and it's going to go around the world. Well, the tour got kind of cut short because it wasn't doing that great. And it wasn't this big carnival event. And let's be honest, wearing 3d glasses at a show that's already in three dimensions didn't quite work. Did the album get lost in all of the drama that comes with Kiss year in and year out? That's why I think it failed. But I think it's it's a great album. Um, let's speed up. We've got three albums left here. Symphony Alive 4. Really quick. Lisa. Next. <laughs> yeah, I was like, meh. I'm like, meh. Meh. Again, I'm not a big live person tommy i'm gonna say interesting because they tried something different okay mark next Next. i i will say and it's not one word but um out of ideas i i look at a band especially back then when a band goes and records a live show and has a symphony playing behind them you're out of ideas 
you're out mm. of the ability to go in and record a new album of original material, that's the go-to. The next go-to after that was we're going to record an album of us covering songs that we grew up listening to. Those right. are out of idea bands. Yeah. It felt like out of ideas to me. Um, Sonic Boom. Um, I'm going to go with um, re-emerging um, because it kind of, I feel that this album brought back the excitement um, with, you know, uh, Say Yeah and Modern Day Delilah, uh, Never Enough. Again, it was like a Walmart exclusive. You know, there was a little more excitement in this album, I feel, in terms of Kiss. Also, some of these songs, you know, going back to, you know, the Scooby-Doo movie, which was kind of cool. I mean, it was years later, but they used Modern Day Delilah in there, which I thought was really neat. And they also play... Um, uh, say yeah during the shows, which I think is also cool. So that's um, why emerging. Tommy, reconnected because I could I could hear so much of Dress to Kill and elements of a few other early albums in that record. To Mark's point, you could stick it in with the first six. Mark, uh, I'm going to do two. Um, I'm going to submit to and this is a two-word one. The first one is Phoenix Rising. And I'm going to put it as simple as Paul Stanley put it. Classic. Fucking Sonic Boom gets better every fucking day. I love that record. Everything about it connects back to the first three, four guys, all playing their instruments, all playing good time, hard rock and roll, all of them singing, no bullshit Holly Knight garbage no trying to chase a trend it was fucking kiss finally love it not enough i cannot heap enough praise on sonic boom i will use two words jeans back i i remember the first time i listened to it and i was paying attention to the lyrics i'm like all right gene is actually writing some great lyrics now you know, after the hit and miss of the stuff we went through, especially during the 80s, Gene Simmons is back, and these lyrics fucking kick ass on Sonic Boom. Uh, Monster. Issa. Um, bombastic. Um, I think that Monster was the pinnacle of this next era. We talked about, you know, the the end cap there and that going forward i think Mon i think i think from sonic boom i mean from psycho circus it just got better and better and better as opposed to these dips that we kept seeing i think it just kept getting better and better and i mean monster was completely bombastic they it was a tremendous album a tremendous album tommy This is a tough one because I'm trying to find a word, one word. Don't steal um, my word. I'm not. Um, you know, I don't know because on one hand, okay, I muddy. Okay. Because on one hand, I love some of these songs so much. Long Way Down and Freak are two of my absolutely all-time favorite Kiss songs, without question. But the production is muddy. It, it sounds 
like it's under well i don't know how i don't even i'm not a musician as you guys all know i don't know how to i don't know how to describe what i what i hear and it falls it falls so flat from sonic boom okay mark well i i i want to say a combination of both I hear what Lisa hears, and I also hear what Tommy hears. So I don't know if I can do it in one word. I can do it in a, in you know four or five, which well, would be, of course you will. <laughs> of course, it's Sonic Boom sides three and four. I mean, and I say that because I love the songwriting, um, and this is the one thing you know when I do get into these sorts of discussions with Kiss fans, um, Hell or Hallelujah could have been on Love Gun. I mean, directly could have been on Love Gun. Back to the Stone Age could have been on, you know, on, on Love Gun. Could have been on side four of Kiss Alive 2. Monster rocks. It's a, The songs are dynamite. Like Tommy said, I really wish Freak would have got a push and would have came out in a time where a song that awesome could have been a hit. Um. I still think maybe a younger artist could have a hit. That, that's a great song. Well-written, great lyrics, everything about it, especially to a young person. Paul really nailed the vibe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I Tommy's right though too. It, it, I wish they would have got somebody to get the sound better, but man, I, uh, I love me some monster, as they say. Great record. I will say unrealized. Mm, excellent word because it's a continuation of great songwriting it's the core band in there again it's got all of the makings to become a great album a la destroyer or rock and roll over but it didn't realize it because it was self-produced and we didn't have the producer who could sit down and just add that extra little polish that made it not muddy, made the production better. I think that's why it was unrealized. If they would have had, I mean, if they would have had Eddie Kramer produce Monster, I think it would have been realized. That's what's Fair. missing. That to me is the littlest thing that's missing from both Sonic Boom and Monster is both those albums in my mind could become true, true classic kiss albums if they had producers. So there you go. Okay. I tried one word, didn't quite hit it, but the obvious homework here for this week, play along, give us your one word description of the kiss albums. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It makes you I wish I could have got in on the beginning, but I was too busy coming home from work. <laughs> well, we had Lisa. That's why we started right away. Yeah, mm, I would too. She joined us and we're like, screw Mark. We can look at Lisa. Well, hold on. If Lisa's there, I'm starting right away too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's your homework. You know where to go to leave your homework answers. We We love reading your homework. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, check us out on Twitch, 
we're everywhere, anywhere, and you can watch and find. You're supposed to say in bedrock before you say Twitch. In bedrock, Twitch, Twitch. <laughs> That's another one of those references that a lot of our <laughs> listeners are not going yeah. to get. They're not going to get it. Because rock is going to roll. Rock is going to roll. Rock is, come on, guys. This is All gold. Right. All of a sudden, Mark is full of energy and wants to keep talking. <laughs> this is usually... You know what it was? I, I, I got a nice infusion of Lisa. So, you know, we're feeling a little bit better. I, see, I bring out the best in everybody and then also contribute to their laughter as well. Yeah. Oh, and yes, just, by the way, four stars to Brian for Bozenet this morning. That was we, we, awesome. we Mark, we had a little discussion on that. We've gotten permission to include that video in this week's episode. <laughs> Michael, can you put, remember when I fell off the chair that one time and you put that really nice music behind me? Can you do the same thing? Can you edit it down and then just put like really nice music to when I make the tumble with the arm in the air? But if you notice, like if you the know, Benny Hill theme? And, yes, and, and, what, was, what was that cartoon character that, was it Snide? What was his name? That laughed? I laughed just like I went, <laughs> that laugh. Who laughs like that? Snively? I don't um, know. Snidely Whiplash, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he laughs like that with that little wheezy. Mark, 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 you'll you'll love this one. Some of the comments coming in for suggestions for awards. One of the best ones will become an award. The best Lisa moment. Is it the hummingbird? Is it falling off the chair? Is it the toilet flushing above her head? Or the monumental fall. For the monumental fall. I think there's actually going to be a Lisa moment of Lisa breaking out in hysterics at Mark coming on this episode. Oh my God, you were you were so you were a little bit livid there. I have to say, <laughs> livid. No, oh Mark, Mark, you're talking to Mark. Yeah, Mark. I'm Mark, Mark sat down and stupid. wasn't wasn't in the flow yet of the show. But that, that's what it made it not. kind of funny because Mark, you're usually so like happy and jovial and upbeat and you just you came in really angry i just like wanted pointing the camera thing. down we're looking at your ceiling i'm looking at the ceiling light oh, like, i kept trying to get this thing to stand on its own and it wouldn't i'm like you know what i need you have a problem with that a lot of times don't you, <laughs> <laughs> what you that's what do? that's what liz is always saying come on mark can't you get it to stand on its own <laughs> oh boy all right, let's go. Princess has got to go here. Let's go. Okay. All right, everybody. That's it. Three sides of the coin. We will see everybody next week. So you love the show. Go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. 